Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Okay, so I promised you guys that we would talk about prayer and we just got done talking about forgiveness for the last two episodes. So if you missed that, you need to go back and listen to episodes 78 and 79 forgiveness part one and part two. And this podcast is to help people get out of the valley. Okay. That's the main point of the podcast is to get out of the valley and then go into the calling God has on your life. And sometimes you're doing the same thing at the same time. You're trying to walk in your calling and get out of the valley. And it's very hard. And sometimes you get out of the valley and you're walking in your calling. And then all of a sudden you find yourself back in the valley. So it really goes hand in hand. It's like walking. It's like your right foot and your left foot. And you get out of the valley and your mindset is in a good place. And you're walking into your calling. And we cover all types of topics on this podcast of things that hold you in the valley and things that hold you from your calling and things that you need to be inspired because a lot of times I feel like we hear the word and it's just condemnation and struggle and this is hard and I'm all alone. And the world has this message of, you know, isolation and struggle. And that's what most people in the world are doing. And I want to show up and give you a message of encouragement. I always want you to feel encouraged when you're done listening to an episode where you don't feel like you're alone, where you don't feel like all the cards are stacked against you because they're not. And this whole getting out of the valley, walking in your calling thing is actually very simple. And it's very easy once you know what to do and you believe you believe what you're doing because this whole thing is on belief. You can know, but if you don't believe, it doesn't do anything. So I've learned that getting out of the valley and walking into my calling, I have to surrender everything that I once wanted and everything that I once thought was what I wanted. We covered surrender in episode 59. If you missed it, go back and listen. Actually, episode 58 and 59 kind of go hand in hand. 58 is called surviving and 59 is surrender. So if you feel like you're in a place right now where you are just trying to survive, your main focus all day long, your number one priority is I just have to get through this, then you need to listen to episode 58. And if you need help surrendering your life to God, and why you should surrender and what that looks like, then listen to episode 59 surrender as well. We're going to talk about surrendering first. So I am going to cover it a little bit, but I'm not going to get too deep into it, but you have to surrender and then you have to believe that you're chosen and anointed. Okay. That's where the clothing brand came from chosen and anointed. You have to believe that. You have to believe that in every single fiber in your body that I am chosen and I am anointed to do this. I am a chosen and anointed to carry out this calling on my life. I am chosen and anointed to raise these kids. I am chosen and anointed to restore this marriage. I am chosen and anointed to start this business, to create this ministry, to serve in my church, to write a book, to start a podcast, to create a course, to build something. If you don't believe you're chosen and anointed, you're never going to do it ever, ever. So you've heard so many times that you have to envision yourself doing something before you actually are ever able to do it. 
you have to, if you don't believe that you are chosen and anointed, you're never going to start the podcast. You're never going to start coaching. You're never going to start writing the book because who am I? Why am I going to waste my time? I'm not ever able to do this. And then the third part is being still and letting God work through your life. And the reason why I'm talking about this at the beginning of our praying series is because I realized that prayer is a lot more than just, hey, Taryn, how, how do I pray? How do I start my prayer? How do I end my prayer? What are things that I say? And we all were raised differently. Some of us were raised in strong Christian homes where we had our mothers and our grandmothers and grandfathers and fathers praying over us out loud. We grew up in the church. We grew up hearing people pray and speak in tongues and you're exposed to all of that. And you know, and some other of us, some other people of us, we didn't grow up like that. You either had no kind of role model whatsoever when it came to spirituality. You've never really heard anybody pray. You never had anyone lay hands on you. You don't even know what it means to speak in tongues. It all just seems very foreign to you. Or maybe you grew up in a different type of setting. Like I was raised in a Catholic church. And so I grew up thinking that I had to memorize all these prayers. And if I don't memorize the prayers, they're not going to work. And if I don't say the prayers the right way, they're not going to work. And it becomes more of like a religion where it's more of the act and it's more of, okay, let me just check this box and check this prayer off my list so I can move on. It's less of relationship. So I am not a religious person at all. I am about having a relationship with Jesus, experiencing him, experiencing God every single day, all day long in my life. It is not just something I practice on Sunday. It's not something I practice on Wednesday night at church. But if you watched my life and you sat in the backseat of my car or you were you know, following me around my house, you would see that all day, every day, it is a lifestyle. And it's not saying that I do it perfectly. And of course I still sin and I still struggle and I still find myself in the valley because I am human and we are all flesh. And we all have sinned and we all have fleshly desires and we all have emotions and feelings because we're human. So when you get in this mindset and this emotion of depression and mental illness and stress and worry, these are all emotions you feel and they cause you to act differently. So I can't just give you a list and say, here you go, start praying. Although I do do that sometimes. And if you go to my Instagram, which is at Taryn Sarconi. And you click the link in my bio, there is my prayer list that you can click on and you can download because I have found that a lot of times we just aren't creative enough to think of what we need to pray about. When you hear other people praying for things, you're like, yes, okay, yes, I need to start praying for this too, right? Why am I not praying for this? And I want to be a mentor to the masses and to help people who didn't have this experience growing up of strong families praying and teaching because that's the majority of people. And if we want to end generational curses and sins and trauma, and we want to change the way that things are going for our future generations, it starts with us. It truly does start with us. And we have to learn these things. And we have to focus on this so that we can be the best versions of ourselves to raise up this next generation. Whether you have kids or not, you might not have any children of your own, but you have children placed in your life. You have other adults placed in your life that you are called to impact and you are called to help and lead them to Christ so that they can change the generation. So don't feel like, oh, I'm a nobody. Remember, you're chosen and anointed. You are somebody, you were not here on accident. You were not just created and okay, we'll just see how it goes. You were created for a specific purpose. You are in your birth order that you're in for a reason. You're in the community you're in for a reason. You married into the family you're in for a reason. You have that job for a reason. And we did a whole series on influence that was um, in, the, in the mid seventies of our episodes where we talked about that, you know, setting the bar high, raising the tide, we talked about in episode 75. And if you're influenced 
or are you the influencer and who is placed in your circle to influence and to care for? So this isn't just about you. This isn't about you learning how to pray. This is about your purpose. And this is about why God placed you here and what he wants from you. And I'm going to talk about a lot of different scriptures because I don't want you to think that this is just my idea. And this is just what I'm saying, but my life is really good. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't struggle and have issues and problems and I don't get anxious and worried and fearful and stressed. And, you know, I'm raising two teenage boys and I'm raising two girls and we struggle. But my life is very blessed and my life is very good. And it's not by accident. My life didn't always look like this. And after learning and working and moving closer to God over the last 15, 10, 15 years, it's been a very slow progression forward. And that's all God really wants. He wants you to just progress forward. Okay, so if you've never listened to podcasts before, if you've never really tuned into spirituality and to learn more about it, and the fact that you're here and you're listening and you're like, this is interesting, and you don't pray, but you'd like to learn how to, this is all moving forward. And that's all God wants. Move forward, get closer to me. You don't have to do it super fast. You'll be surprised at how fast you're actually moving day to day, you might not feel like you're moving at all. But if you start journaling, which is why I love journaling, you can see how far you've come in just a couple of days, in just one day, in a couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about journaling too on here. But surrendering, the definition of surrendering, so it means taking a humble position and embracing what is over how you would have it. The first part of prayer is you have to surrender your life to Christ, because if you're not, you can't be asking for help if you're not willing to take the help. It's like, I remember we're having a birthday party tonight for my boys, and I've been in cleaning mode and organizing mode, and it's like the best time to get stuff done around your house is when you have a party. Like we're replacing doors and buying carpets and doing all of this stuff. And I just remember I was telling my mom that I just had these flashbacks and she would have parties at our house and she'd be running around like a crazy person. This might be you. You might be the person when you have people over, you just lose it. Like all decencies out the window, you're freaking out, you're controlling, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're panicking. Um, this is what I was raised with. <laughs> my mom was just, uh, she was so crazy when she was having people over and I would ask her like, what do you want me to do? And she'd be like, it's fine. It's fine. Just forget it. Like just, you know, I don't even know because in her mind, it was just all jumbled and it was too hard for her to tell me what to do. So she was just going to do it all herself. And why do we do that? You know, why do we run around and we're crazy and we're freaking out and we need help and this isn't working and we're panicking and, but, but God is standing there like, I will help you. I can't help you if you just keep complaining about it and you don't give me the problem and surrendering. It means that you're ready and you're willing to let go of control and rely or trust God. And so I looked up the definition of control and rely. So control means to have power over and rely means to depend on with full trust and confidence. So you surrendering your life, it's not this like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit back and whatever. I don't even care anymore. You do still care and you do still work and you do still show up. But this feeling inside of you of this like, stress and worry and oh my gosh what am I going to do like I I can really relate it to children right now having two 13 year old boys and I'm just so worried all the time like god am I making the right choices should I let them go to the football game should I not let them go are they too young but everyone else goes but is that because they're in the world and should I let them have tiktok I mean there's a lot of good on tiktok but there's a lot of bad on tiktok are they too young or am I holding them back are they babies and what are they doing at school? Are they making good decisions? 
Are they being kind to people on the bus? Are they being respectful to the authority at the school? Are they, are they living a life according to God? Are they not? Are they in the world? And I, I can sit at home and I can worry and I can stress and I can freak out and inside and just feel like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? What is going to happen? That's not going to do anything. That's not going to do anything. In fact, the only thing it's going to do is produce negative results in your life. Because now all you're thinking about and dwelling on is worry and fear and stress. And if you truly trusted in God and you, in order to trust someone, you have to know their character. You have to know about them. And when you break someone's trust, so when all of a sudden it's like, okay, my trust is broken. Well, because there was a break in character. And now over time, you're going to see trustworthy behavior and you're going to start to trust someone again. You have to trust in God and his word, which means you know his word and you know God. The only way that you can build a relationship with someone is spending time with them. The only way that you can truly know who I am is by spending time with me, hearing how I think, seeing what I do, seeing what I do with my family. Over time, you will learn who I am and you'll be like, that's, that's not something Taryn would say. That's not in Taryn's character. I know her and I don't think that she would do that. Or I know her and she said she would do it. And, and I know based on experience that she's going to do it. It's the same with your husband or your parents or your siblings. You have this trust or lack of trust with them. And God is trustworthy and he can be taken for his word. And he promises it's not. It's not like the scriptures and what he has spoken in the Bible are just things that might happen. There are things that will happen. He promises that it will happen, that he will never leave you. It, there are so many promises in the Bible, and there's actually books that you can buy that talk about God's promises. You can go on Amazon and type in promises of God book, and so many books will come up, devotionals and articles, and you can spend so much time looking at the promises of God. And he is someone that you can trust. Now, a lot of people in our life, we've learned the hard way that we can't trust them, especially if you have been abandoned or you've been abused or you've been lied to, you've been manipulated. Okay. All of these things are the devil's plan. The second that you started forming in your mother's womb, the devil was trying to attack you. That's when it happens. What you were born into, what the people who raised you believed, what the world did to you, what trauma and past and heartbreak and heartache and all of this that you've experienced in your life puts up these walls. And then you grow up and you have trust issues because you've been abused, because you've been lied to, because you've been manipulated because things have happened and you have PTSD and you're worried and you're stressed and you're like red flag, don't go there again. Now you have anxiety. Now you have depression. This is how the devil works. He is trying to destroy you starting with your mind when you're in utero. I mean, it literally is immediately. And of course our parents did the best they could with what they had. And maybe it was better than what they had growing up. But generational sin takes a long time and generational curses take a long time to get out of the generations. You know, maybe your mom didn't physically abuse you like she was physically abused, but she verbally abused you because she thought that she was just doing better by not laying her hands on you. And so now you have kids and you don't know how to react and you don't know how to be a mom who isn't hurtful and who doesn't spew off a bunch of hateful things when your kids get in trouble and you hate that about yourself and you have so much guilt and shame and you hate that you're that mom, but you don't know how to change. You don't know how to be different because of the sin, because of the generational curses. And I don't know who this is for, but I just got covered in goosebumps when I said that. And I wasn't planning on talking about that. So if that's for you, that is totally from God because you can change. We are called to change. You can't change in your own strength and in your own flesh. So that is why you need to surrender. 
because you can't do it in yourself. You can't. And the scripture says, where I have the ability or I have a desire to want to change, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. You, you can't do it. You want to change so bad. God, help me get rid of this anger. Help me to stop being an angry mom and yelling at my kids. And I just want to feel joy and help me get rid of this depression and help me get over this. That is the only way you're going to do it is if you surrender and you ask God for help. So you have to trust in his word and, and remember this is his word. And I am confident in his word. That is why you need to be reading your Bible because you're constantly going to hear the devil tell you the opposite. And you're constantly going to have fear and lack and limitation creep in your mind as you're trying to do something. And you have to remember what God said. And that's why at the beginning of doing this, I bought these little note cards and I wrote down all the scriptures that I wanted to be able to look at. So when I felt like I was under attack, I felt like I didn't know the truth. I could pull up my note cards and I could start reading them and know how special I am and know what God said about me and know. And I'm like, this is the devil. Get out of my mind, get away from me because he's going to try to sabotage you. It's never going to stop. He is constantly waiting and lurking around for someone to devour. And the second he feels like he can come in, he's going to move. The second he feels like he can tempt you, he's going to do it. It's going to be immediate and you have to be strong enough. You have to be able to fight this. And so you have to trust. And so you have to be in the word to know what to trust. And you also have to know that you are not in control of your life. So I am a control freak. Okay. I, I am a control freak. One of the things that I am in my recovery group for is control. And I had to control my life because I was abandoned and I was neglected and I was abused and I was left. And so I learned that if I want things to go my way, that I need to be in control. I need to put walls up. I need to keep people at a certain distance. I need to be the one because if I'm in control and I'm in charge of everything that I can't be let down. Nobody can let me down if I don't ever depend on anyone. So for me, it's control. And then, you know, that, that skill being in control is a good thing. It can be very, very good to be in control, but it also can be very, very bad. And for me, I'm living in a world that is hustle and you can control whatever you want. And your outcome is entirely up to you. If you want it, go get it. If you want to create it, go make it. And that's actually not biblically correct. Because if God doesn't want you doing something, you're not going to be successful doing it. You're not going to flourish in that area. Now, will he have you learn life lessons and skill sets through a trial or through something? Like when I was in business and my business was failing and I could not save my business, I could not get it to move forward. And I was trying so hard to push it to seven figures and I never could, no matter how hard I worked. It's because that's not what I was supposed to be doing. Now, did I learn tons of lessons and skill sets through that? Of course I did. I would not be on this podcast right now if it wasn't for that business that I had experience through. So God will use that. But if you're controlling and saying, this is where I'm going, this is what I want to do. I'm not letting go of this power. Then you're really going to struggle. And God isn't going to answer your prayers because you're still trying to do things your own way. It's like if you're praying about this relationship you're in and all the signs are pointing to God is trying to separate you from this person. He is trying to put a wedge between the two of you. He wants you out. You feel it deep in your soul that you need to go and it's done, but you just can't leave. For whatever reason, you're like, ah, no, I'm just going to give him another chance. I'm just, I'm just going to wait a little while. That is not letting God have the power and control over your life. You know you need to do something and you're not doing it. You're still holding on to control. And it's my favorite picture ever. You've probably seen it online before. And it's God. He's in a robe and he's bent down on one knee. And a little girl is in front of him. And she's holding this tiny teddy bear. And she says, but God, I love it. And he has this great giant teddy bear behind him. She can't see the teddy bear. She doesn't want to give up the small thing. And he's saying, look at what I have for you. 
You are chosen and anointed. You are special. You are unique. You are amazing. I have something so perfect and beautiful for you. And you're holding on to this relationship with this guy who treats you like crap and beats you. You can't see it because it's your emotion. It's because your feelings are in the way because you're so close to this that you can't separate yourself. And I'm not saying, you know, go get divorced. And I'm not even saying you're married to this person. So don't, don't take things the wrong way. But there are people in your life that are toxic for you that God is saying, get rid of this person and you're not getting rid of them. There's a job out there that is toxic for you. That isn't where you're supposed to be, but because of fear and because of worry, which one of my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures is um, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Um, or in the King James version, it's like ye of little faith. Um, oh gosh, what is that? I don't remember what it is now in King James, but it's, it's so good. Like you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Why are you fearful? You of little faith. Like that is the thing. Why are you so afraid to leave your job? If you feel in your soul that you're supposed to, but you can't really make sense of it. That's probably the Holy Spirit trying to push you into the direction that you need to go in. It, but fear holds us back. So God is trying to control your life and tell you, leave this job. He's trying to tell you, leave this relationship, start this thing, move to a new place. But because of fear, you're holding on to it. Our culture says that surrendering is weak. It's rarely seen as positive. Don't surrender. Don't give up. I've even the whole woman movement, like you're a woman, you, you can do it all. You don't have to surrender to no man. You don't have to submit to anyone. You're a woman. Hear me roar. And that's actually like this whole movement that went on. And I get what they're saying and I get what they're doing to an extent, but why is surrendering and submitting such a terrible thing? It's a way to put your pride aside and to be humble and to be who God wants you to be. So you can't do this on your own. You absolutely cannot do this on your own. So if you haven't prayed and asked God to come over your life and to take over your life, when I was in my bathroom and I was having an anxiety attack, bending over my bathroom sink, bawling, and I just said, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. White flag take this over. I'm done. I can't do it. I'm done trying to control this. I'm done trying to have my own way. I just want a better life. And this has been my message to God over and over. And that's why I do have a better life because I have done hard things. I have done very hard things, not because I'm strong, but because I rely on God to help me get through them. Most people wouldn't leave a career that they were successful at. Most people wouldn't leave a career that was paying all of your bills and someone else's weren't. Most people can't stop taking drugs. Most people can't pull through a teen pregnancy. Most people can't separate toxicity from their life. Most people can't do it. And it's not because they just never get strong enough. It's because they never realize that they're not intended to do it alone. And so many people just feel like God is, is, this like be obedient to Christ because he's authority and it's just more limitations on your life and more rules. And if I follow God, then there's things I can't do. And I can't party like I used to, and I can't talk like I used to, and I probably should go to church. And people think that this relationship with Jesus is, is lack and limitation and just another authority figure and someone else to listen to, but it's not, it's a superpower. It's inviting the creator of this entire universe to come and to help you create this life of goodness and fulfillment and blessings and the commandment of honor your father and mother so that you can have a blessed life. And the scripture is referring to fathers and mothers as good godly fathers and mothers where you are to honor them because they're going to help you have a good, fulfilled, blessed life. Do you want to have a marriage where you're head over heels in love with your spouse? You don't have to get a divorce and find someone new to make that happen. I didn't have that marriage. I didn't have that relationship 
we've committed adultery. We've lied to each other. We've been awful and toxic for each other. And we fought and were miserable together and nobody could even be around us. And we were disrespectful and unloving and rude and mean and awful. And when God got a hold of our hearts and saved us and we surrendered our life, he built this masterpiece of this beautiful, beautiful relationship. And I can't even imagine if we would have divorced five years ago, like we wanted to. God restored our marriage to be the best, amazing marriage ever. He can do that for you. He restored my mental health into the best mental health ever. He's restored my relationship with my father. He's, he is the father of restoration. There are areas of your life that need to be restored. Why are you just trying to do this on your own? Why are you just trying to struggle through it? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to keep trying, you know, in this marriage, I'm just going to keep trying to do this and see how it goes. I'll just give it another year at my job. And I'll just, I'll really just keep trying to go. Like you're literally choosing the hardest route. Why? to say that you're strong, how is that working out for you? How are you feeling? It's hard and it leads to burnout. I was burnt out. That's how I describe how I was before I had this revival from Christ two years ago. I was burnt out on every single area of my life. I think of the Oriental women they're so beautiful. Their hair is pulled back and they have the chopsticks in their hair. They have the red robes on that go up high and the gold um, embroidery all over them. And they're standing on stages and they're spinning plates. Have you seen them? They have seven, eight, nine, ten poles with fine china plates spinning above their heads. And they're balancing them everywhere. They're balancing them on their shoulder, on their knee, on their head, in their teeth, all over their bodies. They're balancing and they're also spinning the plates and they keep them spinning because once they stop spinning, they fall. I used to be this woman and I was spinning China plates and I was balancing and I was freaking out and I had so much tension in my life and stress and worry and agony and I couldn't see clearly and I couldn't hear clearly and every area was the plates were just wobbling and I didn't have any more in me to keep spinning them and all the plates fell. And it was the best blessing I could have ever asked for because when everything fell and I was standing there, I was thinking it's time to try someone else being in control. I clearly cannot do this my own way. My pride says that I can. My pride says that I can do this on my own. Prayer starts with this surrender because you're not going to ask God for prayer if you don't feel like you need it. You're not going to come to him with a humble heart if you're filled with pride and control. And that's what you need in order to pray. You need to realize that you need someone to be saving you. If you don't feel like you need saving, you're going to wave right on by in the ocean. Oh, no, thanks. I'm good. You don't even know that you need a rescuer. And you do. Proverbs 28, 26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. And Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Two scriptures right there that are about don't trust in yourself. The third scripture is Proverbs 14. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Clearly, you should not be steering the ship. <laughs> we should not be trusting in our own ways of, I feel like this is good. When I hear people, when I'm coaching people, I really am listening for the words that they're choosing to say. And so many people say the word feel, and it's immediately a red flag for me. I don't want you doing anything based on how you feel, because how you feel right now can be different in five minutes of how you feel. You can feel on top of the world, amazing, great, everything is good. You get rejection from a, from a almost client, almost customer. You get someone who tells you off. You get someone who tells you, I'm not doing this. This is a scam. This isn't working. I feel like you're taking advantage of me. I don't want this product. I have, they have complaints. They have immediately all of your like, I am amazing. Feeling goes to, oh my gosh, they're right. 
oh my gosh, this is never going to work. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? All these people don't like this product. I don't, how am I supposed to sell this product? Does the product suck? Does it? And immediately you're in your feelings. You're in your own minds. Something that you love and adore can immediately be changed. Can I do this? Is this worth it? You know, I led a team of 10,000 people and the majority of people felt like I was a great leader and would tell me that. And occasionally I would get someone who had their own issues and their own stuff they were dealing with. And they took it out on me and would tell me that I'm not a good leader, that I don't ever care about anyone but myself and all of these things. And you know what I would do? I would sit there for days and think that they were right. They're right. They're right. I am selfish. I can't believe that I didn't step up and help her. I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe I did that. And you know what it did? It took me from being a good leader to the people who I was being a good leader to. And it made me sit and sulk in my misery and make it true because then I was selfish because all I sat and thought about for three days was how bad I am. I canceled my calls. I didn't answer the phone. I became the bad leader someone said I was because I let them get in my head. So don't go on your feelings. You can feel great right now and get a phone call right after this call and immediately your day is terrible. You feel awful. Don't ever go on your feelings. This scripture says that you can't even trust them. In Romans 6, 6 says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. If you have surrendered your life, you need to write down Romans 6, 6 and you need to say it out loud and you need to repeat it and you need to highlight the part that says sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Because you are a new creation. The devil is going to constantly tell you that you're not. He's going to constantly tell you, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this without your, you have to step up. You need to work even harder. You need to be in control. You need to take things. And that is not true. You are no longer a slave to sin, but you are allowing God to co-create your life with you through you by being present and being aware and by praying for what you need. So when you surrender to Christ, you aren't surrendering your God-given identity and your uniqueness. You aren't giving up, but you are a refuge, a refugee from this world. You're escaping a life of slavery, misery, bondage, chains, addictions, approval of others, pride, mental health problems, Stress, worry, fear, anxiety. Anxiety is just anti-faith. Anxiety is the opposite of faith. If you're feeling anxious, it's because you are not faithful. You of little faith, why do you fear? Why are you anxious? You of little faith. You really don't believe in what God says? You're really going to have anxiety and you're going to worry about tomorrow And the scripture says, do not worry about tomorrow? You're going to sit there and worry about the conversation you have to have with someone tomorrow. You're going to sit there and worry about your kids. When the scripture says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you trust him and you're confident in that, you will rely on him. And you will remember what he said because you read your scriptures and you're writing stuff down and you're remembering it and you're, you're pulling them out when you're feeling fearful because just because you're a follower of Christ and you're surrendering your life doesn't mean that all of a sudden you aren't going to have these emotions. No, I am a daughter of Christ who knows I am chosen and anointed. I live my life for the Lord. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. I struggle with fear. I struggle with the approval of others. I struggle with pride. I still struggle with addiction. I, I, I still struggle we are going to struggle, but you have to remember we are no longer slaves to the sin. I can overcome this because I have Christ. I am going to do this because I have him. I know what the word says about my life, so I'm not going to be anxious. God is in control and he is constantly working all things together for my good. He goes before me. He goes with me and after me to make sure everything is focused and situated and perfect for me. You have that power now. You have God that you're relying on to do this in your life. Don't be anxious. Don't be 
fearful. That's what's going to just sabotage everything. That is the chain that I'm talking about. That is the bondage that I'm talking about. Fear, worry, all of these things. Um, you know, we're constantly worried. So I like to think of God and trusting in God like you're walking a tightrope. And I've talked about this before. So if you're a new listener, maybe you haven't heard this. But there's a tight a tightrope, like people at the circus have to walk on. And it's tight. And you have your long rod that you're holding for balance and you're walking and you're feeling great. And this is good. The second you start to have lack, limitation, fear, any of that, the rope loses the tightness and it, there's slack in the rope. What happens when you're trying to walk on a tightrope and there's slack in the rope? You fall. It's immediately what happens. If you are focused on doing something that you're scared to do, like one of the things right now, so I can put this into perspective for you, I'm starting a mom's ministry in my church and it's completely led by God. Like there are so many stories and it is so crazy and all these coincidences that are not coincidences that I know that God wants me doing this. And it's, I know that it's God. And our first meeting is October 14th. And I've been on social media for a long time and I've been going live and recording podcasts and doing Zooms and trainings. And uh, I would get on stage in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I would train and I would teach and I would pour into and I would do all of this for business. Okay. I'm still nervous to do it. I haven't spoke on stage in over a year and now I am going to, and I've never spoken on stage for Jesus. I've always spoke for training for a company. I am going to have a stage. I'm going to have a platform to speak on. And our group is starting with a hundred women that are a part of my church that are showing up to be a part of this ministry. You know how scary that is? Like, I, it's one thing to do this on Instagram with a bunch of strangers and people that I have never met and might never meet in my whole life. It's one thing to post reels and go live and do Zooms and all of this. When you're in person with a group of people who all know you, okay, they watch you grow up, they know your family, they know who you are, they know, they know you, it's a lot different. I am terrified. I don't feel like I'm the right person to do it. I'm like, I'm not credentialed. Like I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm, this is like, I just want you to know because you see the other side of me. You would, you would never think this. And you feel like I'm confident and I'm bold. You're like, she is amazing. She could totally go on stage and kill it. But because I am me and I am inside of my own brain and I see things through a distorted lens, I'm terrified. What if I don't talk clearly? What if I say the wrong thing? What if someone comes up to me after and tells me what I said wasn't true? What if I offend somebody? What if I talk too much? What if I talk too long? What if somebody doesn't like the way I talk? What if I don't know what to talk about? What if I'm so nervous that my mouth is so dry when I get up there to talk and I'm sweating through my shirt and, and my hands are shaky because I had to read a testimony at church a couple weeks ago and I typed it out. And as I was holding my paper with the microphone, I swear, I was like, like, I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, I need to just like relax. Like, what if that happens? But you know what? I know that God wants me to do this. I know that he has created me for a moment in a time such as this. I know that this is from God. I know it for a fact. And so many other people that I've had counsel from, they know it as a fact too. God is going to go before me. He is going to be there with me. And because I am answering my calling on my life, he is going to equip me with the superpowers he needs to equip me with. And I know that. So the second I start to, all of a sudden I'm walking the tightrope and I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't going to work. I'm totally going to fail. I probably would fail because now that's where I'm thinking. Instead, you take your thoughts captive. God is going to show up. God is going to give me the confidence. And then now you have things that you can pray for and you can speak over and, and being, letting God control your life means that when you start to get this feeling in your chest of like anxiousness and worry, you're like, nope, don't care. I'm not, I'm not even going there. I'm not even thinking about that. When I start worrying about my kids, 
I wonder what they're doing in school today. I wonder if someone's trying to get them to smoke in the bathroom. I wonder if those kids, nope. I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm doing my part. I know God's looking out for them. I'm going to pray. Instead of worry, pray. Do not worry and stress and plot, plan, and scheme in your head. Pray. You have no control. It's just an illusion that you feel like you have control. You actually aren't in control. And when you stop fighting God for control, things will start to go a lot smoother. I promise you. And the thing that you need to understand is God's word is immutable which means that it is not subject to change. It will never change. It will never be different. His word is his word. It's been written for so many years. It's been spoken about for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It is not going to change. His words are the same. And in Exodus 14, 14, it says the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. You're trying to take on this role of, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to work on my life and I'm going to try and I'm going to spin all the plates and I'm going to work and plot, plan and scheme and I'm going to try to do all of this. And really all you need to do is just stand there and be silent and say, oh, God's got me. He's working all things together for my good. He's got me. He's leading the path. He's going to make us all very confident on October 14th. We are all going to feel so bold and confident and excited. We're not going to have any nerves. I know that because I believe in his word and I believe that he will do what he says he's going to do. The word pray or prayer or prayed or any form of the word pray is mentioned 547 times in the Bible. 547 times. That is a lot of times that you're being told to pray. Praying isn't just God, keep me safe. Thank you for this food. Amen. Or my favorite, and I see all these reels because I follow a lot of Christian accounts <laughs> where they're like, Lord, please bless this food. Let this food just bless my body and give me the nourishment that I need. And then you see the food and it's like McDonald's. <laughs> and you're like, Lord, please give me this nourishment. Like, please bless this meal that I'm about to consume. And yes, do we need to thank God for what he's doing and ask for blessings? Of course. But you need to truly ask God what you need. What do you need? And the acronym, and I looked online because there's a ton of different things that you can do to learn how to pray. And I just typed in, how do you pray if you're a Christian? And I went through some of the first articles and I looked and you might've learned some of these tricks when you were, if you grew up in church, um, like the fingers, like your thumb is like people who are closest to you. Your pointer finger is people who are pointing you in the right direction. Uh, you know, they tell you all those things. The way that I like to pray, and let me just say this before I, I tell you how it is. Praying, all it is, is you telephoning to God. And because Christ died on the cross for us, and the scripture says, no one comes to the father except through me. As long as you have surrendered your life to Christ and you say, I am letting you steer the ship. I don't want control. I trust you. I know you died for me. That means that you can go right to the father. You can go right to God. You can call him dad. You can call him Papa. You can call him whatever you want to call him. And you can just start talking. You don't have to do any gesture with your hands. You don't have to face a certain direction. You don't have to get in a certain posture with your body. You don't have to cleanse yourself in any way before. You can just start talking. That's how powerful you are. You are a child of God. You get to just go and talk to your dad. My children, when they go talk to their dad, they don't need to do anything special. They just have to say, hey, dad, I have a question for you. Hey, dad, what do you think about... They just have to say his name so that he knows that he's talking to him. And our God knows that we're talking to him. So you don't even have to start with anything if you don't want to. Don't get caught up in, okay, she says that first we have to do this and then we have to do that. Okay, I need to write this down so that I can make sure I pray right. As long as you're honestly talking to God, you're praying right. Don't talk to the universe. That's not doing things the right way. The universe is not going to help you. The world says, that the universe and the 
you know, all of that. That's not what we're praying for. We're praying to God, the only God, our father, the son of Jesus Christ, who sent his son here to die for us. We're talking to God. So you can just go right to him. What I do to just kind of try to keep my mind on track and make sure I cover everything I want to pray for. And I don't do this every single time. Sometimes I just close my eyes and start praying just for my kids. And that's all I pray for. And sometimes I close my eyes and I pray for my business and I pray for my health and I pray for these. So I like to, in a, in a perfect world, every morning when I wake up, I like to kind of go through the entire list of like everything that I'm praying for. And there is a lot to pray for. And it takes a minute. This is something that you'll learn and you will get better at. You'll exercise this. You'll start to get better at talking to God because at first you're like, okay, hey, it's me. I feel kind of weird. <laughs> you know, and that's okay. You can do that. You can be like, is this, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if I'm doing this right, but um, okay, God, I'm going to start talking to you. Like you can be, you can be yourself. God knows who you are. He's your father. You don't have to act like you're someone else. And he already knows your needs and he already knows who you are and what you need and who you're going to become and what you've overcame and what you've gone through and your abuse and your trauma and your abandonment, and your past, all of that. He knows all of it. So you're not going to be fooling God. Like, hello, dearest God, Taryn here. Like he knows that that's not you. Like just be yourself. And if you're worried and you feel like, is this even working? I don't know, but here it goes. Here goes nothing. It just start talking to him. Prayer is telephoning to God. Intuition is God telephoning to you. So because you've received the Holy Spirit, you have intuition. You have this feeling where people will say like, I just knew it in my gut that he was cheating on me. I just knew in my soul that I needed to go move to North Carolina. I just, and you have this like knowing and you can't explain it and you don't know how you knew, you just knew. Or I just knew something bad happened. I just, I just knew it. The phone rang. I knew it was going to be bad news. The phone rang. I knew it was my mom. This like intuitive feeling that you have, and there's no rhyme or reason. You can't explain it. It's intuition. Most people are too busy and they're distracted and they don't answer the phone. They don't hear the phone when it's ringing, when God is phoning you, telling you something because you're so distracted because you're worried and you're stressed and you're spinning all the plates and you're like, I can't answer the phone. Like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do all of this and I'm stressing and I'm worrying and, and you miss it. That's why you need to be still. And that's why Exodus 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent, be quiet, be still, know you're chosen and anointed, be still. That is it. Surrender, know you're chosen and anointed, be still. Be in tune with God, talk to God, hear from God. Um, so the acronyms that I go through when I'm writing this, and I say writing because I keep a journal and I write my prayers in it. I highly recommend you get a journal just for your prayers. And this just helps me to kind of stay focused and stay on track. Sometimes when I'm praying, I, my mind starts to go and so I like to write down like what are my needs right now and write down all of my needs. I also like it because I'm very forgetful and when I write them down, I like if I tell someone like I do clarity calls with people and I'll ask people like what is your husband's name or you know what is your daughter's name and someone who they're talking about or what is the name of your business and I will write that down. I will write like pray for this person. I'll write their name and I might forget to do that. I may forget to pray for that person. And I want to remember to pray for that person. So every day I can look back and I can remember, and I can see this list and I can remember, but why I like to write it down the most is because I like to go back and read my old prayers and see how God has answered them. I made a list about two weeks ago and almost every single thing on the list has been answered. Literally as I was writing the list, I was even thinking, Oh, I would love to read this and know that these were all answered. Like things that I was praying for clarity on certain things and for his will to be done and his direction. And that's the biggest thing. Like, what do I do? Do I leave my job? Do I stay at my job? 
Do I leave this relationship? Do I stay at this relationship? You think that it's up to you to decide what you want to do. And then you're like, what do I want to do? Do I want to leave the job or do I want to stay at the job? What do I want to do? That is you controlling your own life. It's not up to you. It's none of your business. It is none of your business. It's not. It's God's business. And he's going to tell you what to do. He will slam the door in your face and he will light the path before you. He will make your ways known. He will make things happen. He goes before you. He is working all things together for your good all the time. And as you start to do this and you see it to be true, when you experience this, it'll fuel you to do it even more. You'll be excited. You'll be like this. Oh my gosh, this works. Like, look at this. This is so cool. I was so stressed out. I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden I got fired. You know how many times that that's happened to people? I love when I hear those stories. When people tell me, oh, my husband got fired or I got fired. Um, I lost my job. I got laid off. The first thing I think of is God is doing something in your life. He just slammed a door in, the, in your face. There was nothing you could do about it to save your job, to not be laid off, to stay where you were. He clearly doesn't want you there. And you wait and you watch something amazing is about to happen. And a lot of times, you know, because God knows us because he's our dad, he will know, like for me, he knows that it takes me a really long time to actually do what he tells me to do. And he told me, leave your job, quit your job, quit your job, quit that business. Stop doing that. Quit that. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. He kept telling me I was journaling about it for an entire year. I was writing. I feel like God wants me to quit, but what else am I going to do? Where else am I going to go? Why would I quit? This is what I want to do. I want to be successful here. Maybe I'm hearing him wrong. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't want me to do it this way. Maybe he doesn't want me to do that way. And eventually he's like, okay, let me help you, child. You're done. You're done. I made the decision for you. Now move on. And he will do that. He will slam the door in your face. And that's one of the prayers that I pray. Slam the door or light the path. You know that I can't do this like decision, this dance of which path do I want to choose. So just put up the gates and the caution signs where I can't go that way and make a beautiful clear path this way. And I will follow you into the way. He will do that for you. Once you start experiencing this, you will do it more because you will know how it works. Right now, it just feels like, I don't know about her. <laughs> it's a little different. Like, I'm okay, we'll see. This girl's a little woo-woo. Like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But once you do it, there will be no denying it. There'll be no denying it. So um, the acronym is ACTS, A-C-T-S, and the A stands for adoration, adoring God, and loving him with your heart, your mind, your soul, just taking a minute to just, God, thank you for being this amazing, powerful God who comes before me and goes after me, and thank you for showing up and being who you are, and you're sovereign, and you're honest, and you're trustworthy, and you just take a minute to just acknowledge how amazing God is in your life. C stands for confession. Confessing your sins, big and small, they all matter. Now, you don't have to tell them to someone else. You don't have to make an appointment and go to a church and talk to a priest. You don't have to anoint yourself with oil. You don't have to do any kind of cleansing. All you need to do is confess your sins with your mouth to God and tell him, I am sorry. Lord, forgive me, forgive me for partying this weekend. Forgive me for drinking all those drinks and being so stupid and so foolish. I am so sorry. Forgive me for acting like that. I know that that's not how you want me to be. And I'm sorry, forgive me for lying. Forgive me for cheating. Forgive me for overeating when I said I wasn't going to. Forgive me for gossiping, for talking bad about those people. The more you read your Bible, and you pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you when you're doing something wrong, the more things you'll have to confess. I remember in the beginning, I'm like, okay, confess. I don't even know what to confess. Like, I don't know. Um, sorry, I got mad at my husband. Like, I literally was like, I don't even know what to confess. I don't even know what I did wrong. But as you read the word and you pray, Holy Spirit convict me. And my prayer is immediately convict me when I'm doing something wrong, immediately convict me. And I, it will work every time. Vinny says me too. <laughs> like it is, it's like, 
oh, like I sometimes won't, the words won't even come out of my mouth. I'll start to like talk bad about someone or something or like engage in gossip or something. And I'm like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Not going to go there. Like, thank you. I don't need to say that. Uh, because you need to have an honest spirit. You need to confessing to God is telling him, I am not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinner. I know I struggle. I know I'm not worthy of you and your love and even coming to you and talking to you. I am sorry. I am sorry for these things. Please forgive me. The T stands for Thanksgiving, thanking God for what he has given you and what he hasn't given to you. And that's the biggest thing. Remember, he's working all things out for your good. He knows your best interest. He knows what's best for you. So while I was praying, Lord, please help me build this business to eight figures. Do something. Bring me someone who's going to help me. I had a list of prayers for my business. Help me. And I was praying and praying and praying and praying. And it wasn't happening. So I eventually thought, okay. God, what is your will for my business? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what you want me to do? Because there's a lot of things that you're not answering for me. And I don't know why, but I believe that you know what's best for me. And S is supplication. Ask God for the needs of yourself and others. And this is why I love to keep a prayer journal. Because you can write down your needs. Do this after you're done listening to this. Grab a journal, grab a piece of paper, put it in your phone and write my current needs and write down all of your needs, all of them, every single one of them, what you need to be delivered from, what you need to God show up from, what you need clarity for, what you need help with, what you need patience for. If you're not praying at the beginning of your day, how are you expecting God to work everything for you and to help you every single step of the way? I have a crazy, insane, busy day today insanely busy. There are a lot of things that I have to do. And I spent so much time this morning praying, God help me. I prayed that there wouldn't be traffic. I prayed that there wouldn't be long lines in stores. I prayed that he would direct me and guide me to the perfect stores I need to go to, to grab what I need, to come home, to be home in time. I prayed for all of it. I prayed for him to lead me. And don't forget, it's not just about us. I pray for my family and I pray for my friends and I pray for all of this, but I also pray for God to use me. I am your servant, Lord. Use me. If there is a place that you can use me to encourage someone, to lift someone up, to be kind to someone, have our paths connect. So when I go to the cashier and I walk up to a certain one, maybe she's the one that needed my kindness today. And God used me to answer her prayer. Now, maybe she's having a really bad, hard day. She's struggling with something so bad. You go out to eat and you feel for whatever reason, this happens to me all the time. All of a sudden, God will be like, just tip her extra money. Just give her extra money. And I just am like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I always write, God bless you on the receipt. And I have seen their faces when they've grabbed the receipt and they just, they just like cry or they hold it or they're like, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea how much this changed. You just answered her prayer. You were a servant of God. You spread the goodness. You spread out the love. And so prayer starts with surrendering and believing and reading your Bible. I have a prayer that you can download for moms and their prayers specific for motherhood and around being a mother. You can click the link in my bio on Instagram and you can uh, just type in your email and you'll get them sent to you. I challenge you to start reading these. Use them to inspire yourself to write new prayers. Go online and type in what are prayers to say around mental health. Get ideas. Write your own list of prayers that you can put out there and you can, you can just meditate on them. And then you can highlight them in your journal when they are answered. Or when you know, when you're like, that's funny that I prayed for that. Like cross that out. Don't need that prayed for anymore. It's going to feel so life-giving. And we're going to talk maybe one more episode about praying. And the next episode, we're going to talk about running towards where God wants you to be going on a spiritual run. It's different than a worldly run and running can be good if you're not doing it with the hustle of running and the worldly running. It needs to be a spiritual run. But when you surrender, you know, you're chosen and anointed. You are still, you pray, 
you're going to have to start running towards what God wants you to run to. You can't be stuck in the mud waiting because fear is holding you down because lack and limitation in your mind, you have to get it under control. There are a lot of things that you can do to go on a run because when you're running, you're not as distracted. You can't really pay attention to things that are around you because you're running, it's going so fast. So keep up with me. We're gonna be moving quickly here because there's a lot to cover and there's a lot to go over, but you are chosen. God wants to use you so it's time to rise up. It's time to be obedient. There, there, there is a urgency on this. God is coming back. Jesus is coming back. It is, it is urgent that you do this. You might not have until tomorrow. You might not have for a few hours from now. You need to get on mission for the, the mission that Christ has for your life because he wants to use you. Don't let the devil keep you down. Don't let him. He has no authority over your life. He has already been cast into hell and he will not be around you. And I prayed that this morning that anyone listening live or the recording that the devil has no authority in their life. If there is a demon of depression or anxiety or addiction or fear or anything, it is gone from your life. You are delivered in the name of Jesus. You are. So I love you so much. Thank you for being on here live. Thank you for listening to the recording please message me on Instagram. If you would like to share how God is working in your life. I love to hear stories like that. Um, thank you. God bless you and your family. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley, and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.